Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Also, check out our ever-growing YouTube archive. We've got... uh, all but the most recent episodes of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio there. And uh, at this point, we're adding episodes of the war. So uh, you can check it out, youtube.greatdetectives.net. In a moment, we're going to begin today's episode of Richard Diamond. The original air date will be October the 4th of 1950, and it'll be the Pete Rocco case. But now, a word from our sponsors. The Malicious Life Podcast, sponsored by Cyber Reason. Almost every episode we play on this series involves a crime. It's investigated, solved, unraveled, and the bad guys taken care of thanks to our heroes. Be it Richard Diamond, Boston Blackie, Johnny Dollar, Joe Friday, or any of the other detectives we've had on the podcast. Of course, there are some details of these crimes that are very specific to the 1940s and 50s. But at their core, many of these same crimes could be committed today or they could have been committed uh, 60 years uh, previously. Today, there's a whole slew of new crimes. Crimes which Johnny Dollar or Boston Blackie couldn't do anything about. These are crimes we have to protect ourselves against. Of course, I'm talking about cyber crimes. From spam and cyberware to Trojan horse viruses and now ransomware, these cybersecurity menaces, they threaten our finances, our identity, and in some cases, even our own physical safety. And it's not just a threat for individuals, but for large corporations and for governments as well. But how did we get here? You can find the answers in... Malicious Life, a fascinating podcast hosted by Rand Levy and sponsored by cybersecurity company Cyber Reason. In documentary style, this six-episode podcast explores the real-life stories behind the early hacking culture and the first computer uh, viruses, as well as the rise of spam. In the course of the series, Levy will discuss botnets, DDoS attacks, and hacktivists. And finally, Talk about the latest headline-grabbing cyber threat, ransomware. The podcast features thoughts from cybersecurity experts who have been at the forefront of these new challenges. Malicious Life is a worthwhile listen if you're concerned about cybersecurity or want to know more about the little-known history of the cybersecurity threats that have shaped our world. You can listen to Malicious Life by going to malicious.life and clicking the listen link at the top of the page, or going to mlife.podbean.com. Now, let's take a listen to Richard Diamond. Listen, while the makers of Rexall drug products and 10,000 independent Rexall family druggists bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, private detective.
Good evening. This is your Rexall family druggist speaking to you for the 10,000 independent druggists who have made the word Rexall part of our own store names and who recommend and sell the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company, like Rexall MI-31, for example, Rexall's popular and versatile mouthwash, gargle, and breath deodorant. Full-strength MI-31 kills contacted germs almost instantly, yet will not harm the delicate membranes of the mouth and throat. Ask for Rexall MI-31 at Rexall drugstores everywhere, and remember, you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. Now your Rexall family druggist brings you a transcribed half hour with Richard Diamond, private detective, starring Dick Powell. Diamond Detective Agency. I'll help you out if you're in trouble, but if it's a murder, it'll cost you double. Rick. Oh, hello, Helen, baby. What's new with the wealthy? Not much. Only we had a date last night, remember? Well, did we have fun? Oh, no. Only we'd had more fun if you'd shown up. Now, Helen, don't overestimate me. I don't. Oh. Look, honey, I am sorry about last night. Set up with a sick aunt, you know. Tender. Well, don't you believe me? No. Expect me to? No. Then we're even. Hmm. Helen, I hate people who hold grudges. You busy tonight? Uh-huh. Huh? Doing what? Oh, I'll probably end up listening to some idiot play the piano. Hmm. Anyone I know? Maybe. He's a little boy who never grew out of the cops and robbers stage. Oh, yes. The good-looking one. He's the guy. Uh-oh. Client just walked in. I'll call you back and squirm later. Bye. Diamond. In the rough. What can I do for you? You seen the morning papers? Only the funnies. Seen the story on page two? Now, what are you, a traveling quiz show? Look at it. Hmm. Pete Rocco broke out of prison. That's right. You sent Pete up for murder. He always said he'd get out and take care of you. Gee, I wish you hadn't cut my fingernails. I got nothing to chew. You better find something. Pete's a nasty little boy. Hmm. Well, what's all this to you? My name's Danny. Danny Rocco. I'm Pete's brother. Oh. Looking for a piece of cheese? I found one. Get your hat, Shamus. There was a bulge in Danny's coat pocket that hadn't come with a suit. Believing in the safety first slogan, I picked up my hat and was led to a car outside. We drove through town and then to Mulberry Street near Five Points to the section that used to be the heart of the city. We stopped in front of a cigar store. Okay, Diamond, get out. Oh, it's so comfortable here. Come on, move. Well, if you put it that way. Hmm, the Rocco Smoke Shop. Yeah, it's mine. Bet you sell opium. In the back, behind those curtains. That's far enough. Ma! Hey, Ma! I'm right here, Daniel. You know I don't like shouting. Standing in the doorway was a little gray-haired old lady with a sweet, tired smile on her face. If this was Pete Rocco, he wore quite a disguise. You just examine. I've given up at denying it. Sit down, please. Daniel, stop looking mean. Go outside and tend the shop. Oh. Daniel. Okay, Ma. 
Well, now I've seen everything. Daniels is a good boy, Mr. Diamond. But one must be stern at times. Oh, yes, one must. You're probably wondering why I sent Daniels to bring you here. Well, I have thought about it between prayers. Mr. Diamond, I tried to raise my boys the best I could. Peter and Daniel had every chance for success, but Peter failed me. He killed a man. Go on. I trained my boys to be pickpockets. That was during their school days, of course. Oh, yes, of course. Later, I take them to a nice, tidy little bookmaking business. Like any mother, I wanted to keep them away from violence. Oh, very thoughtful. Mr. Diamond, I've known crime and criminals all my life. My husband was an immigrant. A criminal killed in a gang war. The only life I could teach them, but Peter failed me. Peter turned to murder. Uh, Mrs. Rocco, this is very interesting, but why was I brought here? I'm getting to that. Please be patient. I'm sorry. You see, as long as my boys stuck to bookmaking, I was happy. I was proud of them. But when Peter killed that man, yeah, he failed me. Oh, uh, you said that before. Yes, yeah, so I did. Mr. Diamond, you're the one who sent Peter to prison. Police couldn't catch him, but you did. I want you to send my boy back where he belongs. Behind bars. I see. I'll pay you usual fee. If Peter's out long, he might kill another man. I couldn't stand that. I don't hold with violence, Mr. Diamond. There was a sad look on her face as she pushed the buzzer beside her chair. She was a proud little thing, but you could see the hurt in her eyes when she spoke of Pete. She was determined to have him put back in prison. After all, she'd only raised him to be a pickpocket. Ah, oh, this modern generation. Absolutely no regard for their parents. You ring for me, Ma? Daniel, drive Mr. Diamond back to town. I'll watch the shop. Oh, dear. You haven't said that you'll take the job, have you, Mr. Diamond? Ma would like for you to, Shamus. <coughs> well, I... Uh... Thank you so much. Daniel, you're looking mean again. Danny drove me downtown. Instead of going to my office, I went to the 5th Precinct, where I found Sergeant Otis laboring over a crossword puzzle. Poor Otis. He couldn't find a four-letter word for something that swims, even if he hit him in the face with a herring. Well, hello, brainchild. What? Oh, you. Clever as always, I see. Shamus, why don't you dig a hole and jump in it? And disturb your wormy relatives? Oh, perish the thought. Get lost. My, I'd be touchy today. Well, can't you see? I'm working a puzzle. See it? Yes. Believe it. Well, that's another matter. Have it worked on a genius. I'm going to see Walt. Oh. Good afternoon, Lieutenant Levinson. My, you look impressive with your feet on the desk. Saving shoe leather. Rick, where have you been? I called you 50 times this morning. Well, I've been chatting with a very pleasant little lady. Mm, blonde or brunette? Neither. Her hair was gray. Well, for you, that's a switch. But boy, you better go in hiding for a while. Pete Rocco's out of prison. Yeah, so I heard. Is that why you called me? Right. Rocco said he'd get you and he's not the type to kid. He'll be looking for you, Rick. Well, that's just Andy, Walt, because I'll be looking for him. What? I've got a client wants Rocco back behind bars. Any idea where he is? Uh, not much to go on. He's here in town somewhere, that's for sure. Why do you say that? 
Well, remember that roll he took from that bookie before he plugged him? Mm-hmm. More than 50,000 bucks. He never would tell where he hid it. Oh, yeah. You think he'll hang around long enough to dig it up and then go south, huh? That's how it looks to me. On the other hand, you might contact one of his old cronies here to get the dough and meet him somewhere else. Maybe. But Pete wouldn't trust many people with 50000 Well, it's, uh, there was a guy named Roscoe Ward used to pal around with Pete a lot. He's yeah. still around town? Yeah, I got a location on him this morning. Seems he's a bowling fanatic. Bowling? Yeah, hangs out in an alley around North Broadway. Joint called Atlas Alley. Mm, yeah, yeah, I know the place. Well, I think I'll get a little exercise. Bowling, maybe? Beat snooker. See you around, Walt. I drove up to the Atlas Alleys and parked in a lot across the street. The bowling fanatics were at it hot and heavy, and I sat down in one of the spectators' seats. Half an hour later, a pale little punk came in, got an alley, and began bowling alone. I decided to join him, not because he looked lonely, but because his name happened to be Roscoe Ward. Well, uh, hello, Roscoe. Huh? Do I know you? Well, I have the ugliest friends in town. Maybe you'd like to be one of them. Uh, sorry, uh, I'm antisocial. Mind if I bowl with him? Yeah. Thanks. I'll go first. Oh, I knocked them all down. Now, what will you play with? Hey, hey, that's not bad. You've got a swell approach. Thanks. What's your pitch anyway? What do you want with me? Well, I'd like to meet some of your friends, Roscoe. Like I said before, a man is social. So is your friend I want to meet. Just got back in town and won't let anyone see him. Oh, what? Hey, now I remember you. The name's Diamond. Good memory. Let's try it again. Know where Pete Rocco is? Oh, oh, so that's it, huh? But you better head to the Catskills. Word says that Petey's going to put a slug through your private eye. Yeah, so I heard. I thought I'd look him up and beg for mercy or something. Yeah, I bet. But sorry I can't help you. You'll look it. But if I should see Pete, I'll tell him you was looking for him. <laughs> yeah, you get a big kick out of that. Now beat it, leg man. I got a bowl. <laughs> Roscoe went back to his game, and I left the alleys. The only thing I knew about Pete Rocco was that somewhere in the city of millions, he was waiting to kill yours truly. Not a pleasant thought, but then I'm not in the very pleasant business. I crossed the street to the parking lot and went to my car. Hi, pal. I've been waiting for you. Wow, Pete Rocco. Yeah, yeah. Get him. You look thinner, Pete. Can I go across the street and get you a hot dog? No, thanks, pal. Right now, I've got my heart set on a little ride. Now get in. Before we continue with the adventures of Richard Diamond, private detective, here's your Rexall family druggist. Last week, a customer told me that... Something I really like about Rexall Milk of Magnesia is that one bottle won't be so thick I can't even pour it, and the next one's thin and watery. Somehow, Rexall Milk of Magnesia always seems to be just right. Well, ma'am, that's because every bottle of Rexall Milk of Magnesia has to meet an exacting standard of viscosity, or it won't wear the Rexall label. What do you mean by viscosity? Well, an easy definition would be the degree of thickness in a liquid. Now, Rexall scientists conduct scientifically precise tests on every batch of Rexall Milk of Magnesia to make sure it meets this constant standard of viscosity. 
Because that's one big reason why you'll always get a uniform dosage from every bottle. Oh, and I thought it was all just an accident. Oh, no, ma'am. There are no accidents behind the fact. You can always depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. And now back to tonight's adventure with Richard Diamond, private detective, starring Dick Powell. With a gun pointed at me and Pete Rocco at my side, I followed directions and drove to a Harlem address. Pete led me upstairs and into a half-furnished flat. Far enough. Now sit right here, bright boy. That's good. You know, pal, I've been waiting a long time for this. Well, you always were the patient type. What are you waiting for now, Pete? An audience? Oh, I'm in no hurry. You just sit there and square for a while. Who's there? It's me, Roscoe. Well, hello, Snoopy. Can you beat this guy, Petey? He was looking for you. Let's not rub it in, boys. It's what you waiting for, Petey. Take care of him. Let's beat it. Shut up. We don't leave till I get word it's all clear to pick up the money. Yeah, but when are you going to find out? Who's going to let you know? Don't get too nosy, Roscoe. Diamond, after you picked me up, I had a rough time. During that trial, I didn't know what they were going to throw at me. Life with a chair. Just had to wait. Well, that's what you're going to do. You're going to sit there and you're going to wait. When you're least suspecting it, I'm going to put three slugs through your head. My barber won't like this. Yeah, just keep making cracks, wise guy. You'll break before long. Yeah, you'll break before long. Is there an echo in here? Roscoe, did you shake that police tail? <laughs> yeah, he's still looking for me. And the bowling alley. Good. Tie Diamond up tight and keep an eye on him. I'm going out for a while. Ah, oh, Pete, you ain't going to take a chance on getting sick. Shut up. Been away for five years. I'll do what I want. I'll tie him up. Pete kept the gun on me while Roscoe tied my arms behind a chair. Then he put the gun he had taken from me in his left pocket and his own in his right. He resembled a walking armory as he went out the door. You know, Snoopy, you're not so bad. Oh, now, watch it, Roscoe. You'll hurt my feelings. Pete's a rough boy. I'm going to enjoy watching him settle with you. Oh, you have such simple taste. What's in this for you? Pete giving you a cut? Yeah, if he ever gets around to picking up the dough. He's got to wait until he gets the all-clear signal out. Oh, so there's someone else in this. Who, Roscoe? I don't know. If I did, I wouldn't yap to you. No, it's too bad you'll be a corpse soon. Oh, thanks for the pleasant thought. No, I mean it. That strike you made at the bowling alley tonight, that, that just wasn't luck. you got a swell approach. You think so? Yeah. That's where I have my trouble, with my approach. But when Pete gives me my cut of the dough, I'm going to buy me an alley and bowl all the time. Oh, how exciting. Say, you want to give me a few pointers? What? The approach. Maybe you could help me improve mine, huh? Now, look, this floor is kind of slippery. Now, watch. Now, I always hold the ball like this. You see? I swing it back and approach like this. Ed, how'd it look to you? Well, I, uh, I couldn't see too well from here. Suppose you untie my hands. Oh, no, and... no, no. Oh, no. you got to stay tied there. Well, I'm afraid I can't help you then. Uh, come around this side. I can't see through that table. Oh, all right. Yo, I got it. I got it. I'll slide towards you this time. All right. Yeah. 
What do you think of that? Well, I, uh, I won't hurt you now. No, go on. Be brutal. Well, it's, it's too sloppy, Roscoe. You keep your head up too high. The head, huh? Oh, yeah, sure. And keep the head down. That's right. Ward followed instructions and kept his head down low, just in line with my foot. Chalk up a strike for Diamond. He went down like the number 10 pen. I managed to work my hands up over the back of the chair. Then a few calisthenics and my hands were in front of me, still tied, but free enough to call Walt Levinson on the phone. Fifteen minutes later, he arrived, put the cuffs on Ward, and untied me. There, you're loose. You know, maybe I should have kept you tied up. You might stay out of trouble then. You're so considerate, Walt. I'll put some men around the house. When Pete comes back with... Uh-oh. Maybe him now. Otis, bring Roscoe Ward over here. Come on, Ward, you pick up that phone and act like nothing's happened. Hold the receiver so we can hear who's on the line. If you don't, I'll see that the judge throws the book at you. Uh, hello. Roscoe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this Pete? Of course, you don't quit. Wrong? Oh, no, 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 Peter. Everything's fine. Yeah, you sound funny. Yeah, uh, take the phone out and put the receiver in front of Diamond. Yeah, sure, it's sure, Pete. I heard him. Give me the phone. Uh, hello, Pete. Check up to see if I'm comfortable. How long you been loose, pal? Come again? Diamond, I left you in a chair across the room. The phone don't reach that far. Well, Pete, you're getting smarter. Yeah, thanks. Too bad I'll have to postpone those three slugs in the head. But maybe later. I'm glad you said maybe, Pete. I have different ideas. Yeah, we'll see, pal. We'll see. Well, he fixed us, Walt. He won't be back here. Does this bird know where he is? Yeah, I don't think so. Roscoe, you mentioned that Pete had to wait for the word from someone before he could pick up that money. Who is that someone? Then I told you before, I don't know. Look, punk, you're all through. Help us out, and you'll get a better deal in court. Yeah, but if I knew, I'd tell you. All I know is that Pete won't go near the door until this someone gives him the green light. No. I think he's telling the truth, Walt. Take him downtown and book him. I'm going visiting. I drove back out Mulberry Street to the Rocco Cigar Store. I was hoping Pete's brother, Dan, might remember some of Pete's old hangouts. I wanted to wrap up this case quickly for two reasons. One, Pete was a killer, might kill again at any minute. And two, I might be the one he'd kill. Diamond? Oh, yeah. Hello, Danny. I'm trying to get you in the office. I think I know where Pete is. So, Mr. Diamond. I'll tell you later. I do hope you have something to report. Well, uh, uh, not much, Mrs. Rocco. I met your son today on the wrong side of a gun. I don't know where he is now. Oh, well, that's too bad. But you will catch him, I'm sure of that. Peter must be punished. I don't hold with violence, Mr. Diamond. Uh, Ma... Don't you want me to drive you over to visit Mrs. Montelli? Oh, well, that would be nice, Daniel. I'd like that. Well, uh, uh, you get your wrap and we'll go now. All right. And, Mr. Diamond, remember, I want my son caught quickly before he can kill again. Good day. Now then, Danny, what were you saying about Pete? I know where you can locate him. I didn't want to talk in front of Ma. I want to get out of this. Go on. Pete called me a little while ago. He's coming over tonight. I'm taking Ma to visit a friend, so she'll be out of the way. Tonight's your chance, Diamond. Tonight. I made plans to meet Danny out in front of the shop around 8. Then I went back to my office. I called Helen, wrote my dinner date for that evening, and waited as the hours ticked by. 7.30 and I was ready to go. 
Pete had taken my gun earlier, so I slipped a spare in my pocket and drove to the cigar store. I parked down the street, walked halfway up the block, and met Danny. Diamond? Yeah. Our boy showed up yet? No, but he should be here soon. Come on. We walked up to the shop, and Danny unlocked the door. The shop was dark as I entered, and I tripped over something on the floor. Hey! We have some light in here? Sure. Why not? That's better. And then I saw what I tripped over. Pete Rocco with six bullet holes in his body. And then it was clear. Why had Pete come here? To get the money. That made the strong-armed boy behind me to contact. The one Pete was waiting for to give him the all-clear was little brother Danny. Right, Shamus? Uh, I'll be honest. Yes, I am. Pretty smooth, huh? Here, catch. Yeah, that's good. You'll notice it's your gun. Pete was bragging about how he took it from you. He let me see it. And that was fatal. Right. And this gun I got on you now was Pete. I kill you, put the gun in Pete's hands, and I'm clear you shot each other. No one will blame me. You thought this all out, huh? That's right. Pete and I robbed that bookie together. He left the dope for me to keep after he was picked up. I figured he'd never get out, but when he did... Well, it's real convenient you're being around. Now, say your prayers, Samus. This is it. Is he? Is he dead, Mr. Diamond? No, you, uh... You hit him in the shoulder. Better call an ambulance, though. Yes. My boys... Peter and Daniel look at them. I tried to teach them. I told them I wouldn't stand for violence. But they wouldn't listen. You know, sometimes you've just got to be stern. Yes, Francis. Will you fix us some drinks, please? Soda with mine. And you, Mr. Diamond? Oh, I'll take soda, too, Francis. About a jigger full. Uh, yes, sir. Rick. Uh-huh. Don't you ever get tired. Playing the piano? Never. That's not what I meant. Why, today you were almost killed twice. Honey, you can only be killed once. All right, then. You were threatened twice. Don't you ever wish you were in a different profession? For instance? Oh, insurance, maybe. You can talk fast enough. Well, you uh, may have something there. Need a lot of gals in the insurance game. On second thought, you'd be better as a good humor man. Need a lot of children instead. Hmm, gals are like better. So I've noticed. Oh, hello. What's wrong with my own business? Now, where else could I find excitement all day and a beautiful girl to sing to at night? Hmm. Flattery will get you everywhere, Mr. Diamond. Don't I know it? A little bit independent in your walk. A little bit independent in your talk. There's nothing like you in Paris or New York. You're awfully easy on the eyes. 
A little bit independent when we dance. A little bit independent towards romance. A bit of sophistication in your glance. And yet you're easy on the eyes. Whenever I'm with you alone, you weave a magic spell. And though it be a danger zone, I only know that you're swell. A little bit independent with your smile. A little bit independent in your style. How can I help but love you all the while when you're so easy on the eye? Rick. Yes, baby? I've been wondering which holds more attraction for you. Me or my piano? Hmm? Oh, come here, baby. Here's your drink, Mr. Oh! Mr. Diamond. Miss Helen. Oh, dear. Why did I ever leave Cambridge? Again, here's your Rectal family druggist. Whenever you have a headache, remember this about Rexall aspirin. When taken with water, the five full grains of pure aspirin in every Rexall tablet are ready to go to work for you even before they reach your stomach. So whenever you have a headache, remember that about Rexall aspirin. Ask for it at Rexall drugstores everywhere. And remember always, you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. Richard Diamond, Private Detective, stars Dick Powell in the title role, with music composed and conducted by Frank Wirth. Look for Dick Powell in the Metro-Golden-Mayer production, Right Cross, in which he co-stars with June Allison and Ricardo Montalban. Richard Diamond, Private Detective, is transcribed in Hollywood by Jaime Del Valle. This is Bill Foreman inviting you to be with us next week at this time, when we will again present Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Hiya, beautiful. Get lost, Bristlepuss. You need a shave. But I have shaved. What else do you want me to do? Silly boy, she wants you to go stag. Go stag? But why? Because stag is Rexall's exclusive line of men's good grooming aids, like stag brushless shave cream. No fuss, no massage, just smooth it on and presto, you get a clean, close shave. Your face stays smooth and whiskerless all day long. I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll go stag. That's it, join the stag line now at Rexall Drugstores Everywhere. Yes, to make girls care, go stag.
This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series. Oh, and a madam's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. Well, this is an episode that really felt uh, like one of the uh, uh, episodes that was sustaining. Uh, like we're back at the beginning of the series. And Helen does something in this episode other than get just totally neglected and canceled on, which is a good thing. And we hear Diamond sing. I have to admit that I was suspecting something was going on with Rocco's family, but I guess totally wrong. I kind of had a somewhat cynical thought that the mom might be pretending about being outraged. That she might be the mastermind of the whole thing. But overall, the way it played out was a little bit different than I expected, so I was glad for that. Now we turn to listener comments and feedback, and we start with uh, Corin, and I'm probably pronouncing that name wrong because it's a very different spelling. But anyway, they write, I listen regularly to your program and enjoy it very much. The other night, you were talking about the Rexall pharmacist. His name is Griff Barnett and is in uh, and in fact, he is an actor, and uh, he the Wikipedia link that he sh- that uh, was shared pointed out that uh, Barnett played the role was primarily known for doing it on the uh, Phil Harris and Alice Face show, which was a big show uh, over NBC. So probably not a good idea to ask him for a prescription. Thanks so much for sharing, and it was good to learn about him. Regarding episode 2249, The Bald Head Case, Stephen comments, I think the scene with Diamond on the table, table needling the murderer while his life is literally in her hands is great. Totally unnecessary, as you pointed out, but the suspense is fantastic. Yeah, it reminds me of a similar thing that... Uh, Johnny Dollar did when uh, John Lund was in the role a f- couple years after this was podcast. I'd wondered if that treatment uh, that they mentioned was even real, and according to Christopher, uh, it was. In regards to the hair treatment in the recent Richard Diamond episode, apparently they were quite common, as evidenced by the opening sequence of the major and the minor. Uh, G- uh, Ginger Rogers is a revigorous system treatment girl who makes house calls. She shows up at Robert Benchley's apartments with some strange apparatus to give him a treatment. She explains this job is her last chance. She's had 25 since first arriving in New York. She took two, uh, two uh, week, of course, and put her stuff in Hawk to join the union. Unfortunately, her client has other ideas, gets fresh as she clobbers them, and decides to move back to Idaho. <laughs> I imagine it had to be somewhat common for moody movie audiences to get the reference. Keep up the good work. Moving back to Idaho, I guess early uh, early adopter trend, uh, Ginger Rogers' character in that one. Thanks so much for the detail, Christopher. And yeah, it's it's both of it's uh, fictional, but you get a couple fictional sources talking about something, and they're probably not making it up. So thanks so much for sharing. Appreciate that. Well, that will be all for now. Join us back here tomorrow for Boston Blackie. Next Wednesday, we'll be back with another episode of Richard Diamond, Private Detective. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. 
facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And be sure and check out our YouTube archive, youtube.greatdetectives.net. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.